0: Morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at BlenderHD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and it's Casual Friday. We're going casually through some, uh, maybe some, a little bit of NBA review. Then we'll be going over some NFL for Sunday and maybe uh, take a little quick peek at some uh, some MMA. Uh, there's not much to peek at. We just had a, that at a fight canceled. Uh, so now we're down to what, 14, 14 fights, 14, 13, 14, something like that. So that means ownership is off and everything. I still need to get a source in there. I think that the, the, one of the fights doesn't have like a, like a inside the distance or I, I, have to, I have to check. So it's, it's not going to be completely accurate uh, as of right now. I'll be updating that later today. But uh, people like the, the MMA stuff at, at the end. Be a shorter show today. I got uh, I got another show after this. Uh, I'm going to be on the Pete Overzet channel i'm gonna be with pete talking about gpps for uh sunday slate so if you want to tune into that at noon right after this show but uh, as always give me those thummy thumbs here right before you give the thummy thumbs to pete you give the thummy thumbs to me give me the thummy thumbs hit the subscribe button if you're new here hit the notification bell to know when we go live every time here on the channel i see you guys feel free to post whatever you want in the youtube chat even if I'm blabbing on, I still scroll back. I still answer pretty much anything that you, you type in there. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, let's see, uh, going through yesterday's slate. I, I just want to highlight the fact on on yesterday's slate. We get this all the time, especially in the in the Roto Grinders Discord, which you can be a part of if you're a premium member. So sign up, uh, click on the link in the description, get ten dollars off your first month. Uh, Mantras Harold uh, yesterday was was mega chock. Right. Daniel Gafford got injured the day before the prices came out, uh, bef- you know, pretty much before then. And montres Harrell is sitting there at like around fifty five hundred, likely to play thirty six to thirty eight minutes at center for uh, the Wizards. And uh, he was he projected like absurdly, Right. Absurdly absurd. Like if you took him out of your lineup, your projection went down by five or six points just simply by not having him in the line. Uh, his smash percentage was over, was over 50%, I believe, yesterday. His median was like 7, 8, like 8 plus X. Uh, these aren't the people that you fade in basketball, right? This isn't MLB. This isn't NFL. This isn't an event-based uh, sport. Uh, it was going to be hard for Harold to bust, right? To bust. Bust meaning a snowflake uh, at his price at 5,500. Could he have had a pedestrian game and given you 32, right? Maybe the flame, flame doesn't show up for a 32. Maybe he still does at 5,500. 28, uh, you could still win with a 28 at, at 5,500 or whatever. Uh, but you can't win uh, when the guy goes 10X and scores 56 points at 76% ownership. Uh, in basketball, because it is much more linear, right? It's less variant. You can see here just, just from just from the exposures of like some top players I, I picked out. I mean, some, some cheese 78%. Okay, which is about a little still slightly, slightly over the field, around the field. But for the most part, a hub bro, lock button, giant squid, lock button, mock lovin', lock button, Oxen duck, brick seventy-five, lock button. And then E. Hafner and JK and Kobe for MVP, near lock buttons, 89, 86, 86 percent. These aren't these aren't the guys. You know when they project that well, where your projection goes down that dramatically by just one player. These aren't the times to to, to be cute, especially on a smaller slate. Right on a larger slate, maybe maybe there's there's enough options that you can make up that projection. Maybe maybe there's a way for him for that guy to fail. Right. We're not talking about like chalk value on a slate where like other oh, guy projects for like. 6.2x, right? We take a look at today's slate, right? Look at the best like point per dollar, not even RGV. Like Bruce Brown at 3,800 on DraftKings may be like a value play today, right? Chris, Chris Duarte at 5,500 with Brogdon out. Maybe a value but 5.5x, 5.9x, right? Smash percentages, you know, the top one currently, this is the algorithmically, uh, generated projections. Our projections team will come in and manually update some of this stuff. This, is, this isn't this is the chalk where you slam, you know, 100% of, right? This isn't it. This is probably the ones where you play less of, okay? But when we have guys, if I could go to the historical projections, let, let me let me bring this up. From yesterday, I think they should be up. A lot of times they're not early enough. Let's go to yesterday's slate, Thursday's slate. To just take a look at the, at the projection on Harold. Okay, all right, guys locked in my lineup, cash games. Okay, so we take a look at the historical. We go to our projection. Harold was 7.62x. We projected him median-wise at 40 points at 5,300. Okay, okay? The next was like Dwight Powell and then Desmond Bain and then Melton. Now that you're getting into the high fives and low sixes. Like those guys, those guys aren't like must plays. And I don't, I don't like using the term must play. Like you didn't have to use Harold in a lineup, right? We, we see, we see that they did make some constructions without them, but at 76% owned in the fadeaway, he was under owned, right? We don't get that in other sports. We don't, we don't, we don't get, uh, you know, oh, there's a 76% owned pitcher or bat, even pitcher in baseball, which is less variant than the batters. He'd be like 76%. I'm, I'm going to fade a on I'm a six game slip. I'm, I, you don't have to play him. 76% don't batter. Like, forget about it. Like, it's an event driven sport, even in NFL. Oh, what happens if we have, uh, we have uh, Christian McCaffrey at 5,000, you know, whatever. Like, what's his efficient ownership? Now, his efficient ownership at 5,000 may be 70%, right? But it may not it, his efficient ownership. Not like Harold. Harold's efficient ownership yesterday could have easily been ninety-five plus percent, easily. So seventy-six percent, he's actually under-owned. So you can't think in terms of what's the chalk and what's not the chalk. That's not the thinking of good chalk back chalk is not the way to play DFS. It's thinking of over-owned and under-owned. Was Luca over-owned at fifty-eight percent? Possibly. I mean, it's a small slate. But we take a look at like Devin Vassell. He was 25% owned in the fadeaway. And you could see here, so many sharp players were under. We know had zero. Duck had zero out of 150. Giant Squid, 1.3%. Vassell's on this slate, his, his efficient ownership was probably much lower than 25%. Aaron Holliday's even ownership may have been lower, It should have been lower than 22. Or Walker, I mean, comparison, like KCP had a game. Of course, he couldn't have that game yet the day before when I had him, right? Of course, it didn't, didn't what he wasn't out there, right? Should KCP been 5% owned? Probably not. Maybe his efficient ownership was 10%. Well, that, that means he's more valuable to play. But you have to, you have to think like that even for the chalkier players. Oh, Montres Harrell's going to be uber chalk. I'm going to fade him and make a line. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You're thinking too, too black and white. What do you think Harold's efficient ownership is? And if you think it's, if you, if you think it's higher than what it is, then why aren't you playing? And if you ran lineups and you saw that you're dropping five, six points in projection, just simply not having him. If he's going to be 76% owned, what just why not take, take the five or six points and move on with your day. Right. If we run lineups, like, let, let me, uh, let's see. Can I run the lineups in historic? Okay. I'm going to run the lineups. In, in This is historic from yesterday. Okay. So I'm not using actual. I'm using the projected one. Okay. I'm going to go to build rules just, just to make it like less. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going I'm to screw it. I'm, I'm just going to run, I'm going to run 20 lineups, whatever with Harold, with Harold, just the optimals. Right. So I'm going to build 20 with the actuals, with the, with the projection one. Okay. So we get basically my cash lineup that comes up first, right? Curry, Holiday, Don, uh, Luca, Johnson, Harold. So Harold's here. Harold's in 100% of lineups. Okay. The top lineup is 270.75. If I X out Harold and give me 20, so without Harold, 247.75. I mean, like, this is not five or six points look how many points that you give up oh hold on no, this, is, this is okay I'm, I'm looking at the actual okay hold on they the, the way that they show this okay projection 282 okay it's okay i didn't i didn't realize they show it ownership then projection then actual okay so 282 was the projection with harold without harold 272 10 points you lose 10 points of projection by not playing the dude. Okay. So let's go to the first build and let's X out Bane now. Like these guys, these are guys are 100%. So let's say you don't play a lineup with Bane in it. The lineup with Bane is 282. The lineup without Bane is 280.5. You give up maybe two points, a point and a half, two points, something like that. Okay. That's, that's doable. Talking about one bucket. Okay. Okay. Then, that's fine. But let's go back to the, the first thing again. Put Dane back and then take out Luca. These guys that have 100%. They're in all top 20 lineups. So I'm going to take out Luca. With Luca is 282. Without Luca, 279. Okay. That, that's doable, right? Three points. Three points is doable. 10 points is ridiculous. Okay. So if you were to fade anyone, you fade Bain. You fade Luca. How do I fade Luca with Porzingis out? Well, look, look at what happened. I mean, come on. Uh, but you can't go by the results. But this is how you should be judging it. You shouldn't be judging it by who's chalk and who's not chalk. You're have to be easily faded some of these guys. So we go back to the first build. Right? Who are some other guys that are up here? Oh, what happens if I don't play Kyle Kuzma? Okay. What does it look like? 282 with him. 282 without him. Right? That's the optimal lineup with the with the. So you, did you have to play Kuzma? No, you were you weren't really sacrificing anything by not playing Kuzma based on our projections. Let's say you didn't play Melton. 282 with Melton, 282.46 with Melton. 282.14 without Melton. Well, that, that, that's someone that's not necessary, right? You can have less lineups with Melton. It. It's not going It's only going to affect you by 0.3, you know, like less than a point. This is how you should be judging it, not by, uh, Harold's going to be 76% owned. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to fade him and hope that he fails. Well, what's failing at 5,300 when his median is 40? His median is 40. Just take the points and move on. Because even if he puts up 30 and he only goes for what, 6x, he could still be in the winning lineup. Right? That's still decent, good enough value for a 5300 5, on player at center. So I saw so much discussion yesterday. It was like, what do I do with Harold? Do I play him? Do I fade him? Just, dude, the dude projects so well that the only way to make any lineup without him is to drop 10 points. You're putting yourself in such a hole. You need Harold to get injured at that point. To make up 10 points. You needed to put up uh, 18, 20 points. Something like that. Which, which is in his range of outcomes, true. But his chance of being in the optimal lineup is, is high. Like, what's, what's the actual optimal? Like, what happened? Like, like, let's see, let's see what, what, what we look at actual. Clever, I mean, Kleber went nuts. And this is after he wasn't starting. Such a weird game script for the Mavericks. The first unit just died. The first like six to eight minutes. And then the second unit brought them back. So we take KCP, Milton, Collins, Eric Pascal. What was the best possible lineup that you could have made yesterday? Right. Basically, no, I did it on fantasy points. I'm going to do it on actual. You're going to see Harold. You're going to see Kleber. Right. Kemba Walker, Brunson, KCP, Collins, Harold, Curry, Kleber, and Bede. This was a lineup that could have been made. Why not? 377. What was the winning lineup in the fadeaway? 362. You could have gotten there. The winning lineup in the fadeaway was Ja, KCP, Bain, Kleber, Olinick, Curry, Collins, Harold. So basically no Luca. Right? That's doable. So I, I guarantee you, all the top lineups have Harold when he goes 10x. So you don't think so black and white like fade. Oh, the guys chalk I'm fading. I'm like because some people think that way. They go into it slate and they go, okay, who are the two or three chalkiest players? X them out and then build lineups. Like, well, what are you sacrificing? That's the question you need to be asking. How much are you sacrificing? If you, if you can fade all three players and sacrifice a point, then go ahead. Then that. That's probably that's probably a, a good example of, you know, play the leverage game, play the ownership game. Now, when you got guys that are projecting so well, especially in basketball, which is less variant, like it's you see, you see from the top players. It's not like I'm making this up. They're just jamming. They're just jamming, jamming this stuff in the NBA. I know I'm not on Crunch Time. I'm not on Grinders Live often, but people ask, I hear. It. Is it crazy for me to fade Harold? Yes, it probably is. It probably is, no matter what. Unless you, unless he's going to be 98% owned, but he's probably not, then it probably is crazy. Uh let's see. Michael Dompier. Uh, I was at the field with Harold ownership, but I thought I'd be over. I had a mental hurdle with having my cumulative ownership being huge with Harold Linus. Well, you could have faded Luca. Now your ownership goes down. You could have faded Bain. Look, I just went through the exercise with the actual projections. How many points are you giving up by not having them? And how much ownership are you gaining by not having? By you know how how much drop in ownership? We saw, I mean, we'll go, we'll go back, we'll go back to this. Where's the historic? Okay. So with this, because this is the projected ownership that's in here, right? I believe so. Or is this the actual ownership? No, this is the projected ownership. All right? 198% owned, 282. This is without Harold. 162 and 270, dropping 10 points in projection. And you're getting rid of, you know, a lot of owners. 35 points in ownership. But, I mean, is that worth it? Here's the one without, without, this has Luca, but no Bain. This actually is higher owned. Here's one without Luca, 201. You could, played, you could have played these. Does it mean you play Bain and Melton together? No. Does it mean you play Kuzma in this lineup? No, not necessarily. There are other ways to get a little bit lower ownership. So you see, but you have, but you have to do this exercise. How many points am I giving up by not playing this guy? On a lot of, on a lot of slates, the answer is going to be not much. You're going to look at the chalkiest guys on the slate and go, oh, I can make a lineup without him. You can make a lineup with them also. You take a look at the top five chalkiest players and go, any one of these guys I could fade, any two of these guys I could fade, any three of these guys I could fade, even, and not really give up much a point, two, maybe. But that's why it depends on the slate. It, depend, it depends on the people. It's not just blanket statement. I can't, I, I don't, if someone said yesterday, you're crazy for fading Luca, they would be wrong. You could, we, we just looked at the projection by taking, taking Luca out. You, you could have played Curry, you could have played Embiid, you could have played other guys. Yes, Luca projected the lineups that Luca's in are one and a half point high. You could sacrifice a point and a half, that's not. Sacrificing 10 points by not having Harold, that, that, that's just untenable. You're putting yourself in such a hole. So it's not a Harold thing and it's not a Luca thing. It's a lineup thing. So what do the lineups look like? These, these are not exercises that, that take a long time to do. You could just literally do that. I mean, look, we can look at today's slate based on these algorithmic projections. I'm assuming if I built, if I built 20 lineups. Just player, bare, basic, whatever. Lineups. Who comes in 100% of them as of right now? I mean, of course, it doesn't mean anything right now. I mean, Durant and Brown and all. of them, And this is without any manual adjustment. So who knows what this is going to be. So we take a look at this lineup with Bruce Brown, right? Oh, my God, I got to jam Bruce Brown. It's probably not going to be, you're probably not going to have to do that. So we're getting 272 in a projection for Bruce Brown lineup. Now let's take Bruce Brown out of the line. How many points down are we, are we sacrificing? Am I not having Bruce Brown? With Bruce Brown, 272.6. Without Bruce Brown, 270.98. So what's that difference? 271, about a little over a point and a half, about 1.62. That's, that's doable. So that's, that's fine. That's not 10 points. Am I am I crazy for fading Bruce Brown today? No, you're probably not crazy for fading Bruce Brown today. How long does that take to do? It doesn't take long at all. You just if you don't believe, I mean, I could tell when you take when you take a look at the when you take a look at the the projections and you see you know RGV of of nine and a point per dollar value of nine and. The guys, I mean, yeah, yeah, I could tell that most likely you're going to be playing them most of your lines. I don't have to, I don't, I don't have to do that little exercise. I, I, I'll know. Do I know how many points you're sacrificing? Not necessarily, but I know it's enough that you're probably playing. It but if you wanted to do that little exercise, then do it. What do my lineups look like with X? What do my lineups look like without X? And then do that for different people. Do that with two people. What happens if I fade all three of them in a lineup? What's the best rejected lineup from there? And see how many points you're sacrificing. And if you, you're fine with the amount of points you're sacrificing, then those guys are like, oh, now I can build lineups with all different types of people. But you may find on a slate like yesterday with Harold, and it's like, dude, uh, pff, pretty much every line was going to have Harold in it, right? That's what, that's what I would have done. I would have locked the button, but no problem. It. Going through the YouTube chat, Cameron George, would it be better to select median lineups when crunching or better to select ceiling lineups that you may run? What's more feasible, I should say? Of course, the big GPPs, it doesn't matter. It's all in relation to one another. You have to compare it to something. Fine, then run ceiling. You're still, then you're still comparing everything to the top ceiling, lineups, which is going to be very similar to the median lineups. Understand that when you run median lineups, you're more likely to be running lineups that, that the field is doing, right? Depending on the distribution, the standard deviation of each individual player, you, may, you actually may be off. You have to be very comfortable with the, with the distribution curves that you're given in the projections. You don't necessarily trust them that much that some guy's ceiling may be off. You may get a lot of someone that like no one else is playing. I find, with the, it, I find that the distributions are not that drastic, that the lineups are going to be d- dramatically different if you do median or ceiling. Don't concern yourself with that. People, 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 you have to simplify it. I constantly say this. Because here, here, here are questions that do not matter much in DFS. What are the best projections? That's not the right question to ask. The question should say, is the projections that I'm using better than what I could do myself? Because if the answer is yes, then that's then the projections are good enough. Our projections around the industry, all of them are good enough. They're not dramatically different enough that it's still better than nothing. Another thing: should I use this? Anything that has to do with settings and lineup HQ, settings in an optimizer is not important. I told someone this last night. Spend, if you're not willing, this, this may sound, this may sound harsh. If you're not a pro, if you have not become a profitable player by hand building one to three lineups at a slate, I'm talking about for GPP one to three lineups, a slate for GPP. If you've not been a profitable player over a course of a full year in GPP building, just one to three lineups and building. Okay. You may look at line of h to see the projections, but you're not building. You're literally never pressing the build button. And you're doing it by hand, one to three liners. If you're not probably over the course of a year doing it that way. You should probably not touch any type of optimizer until you are. If you don't know the fundamental concepts of just roster construction in general, all these things that I'm teaching you and the tools are stuff that you could do by hand. That you could visualize yourself. I don't have you. know, Oh well, I'm going to run this with the. Uh, how do you know that Bruce Brown isn't necessary, but my, my Harold is yesterday? Because I could just tell just by the projection. I don't have to run this. I've done this by hand. Done, that's what I did first. To go. Oh, let me piece this stuff together. Who are the highest rejected players on the slate? Who are the? What's the ownerships of them? And build a And just hand build the line. You're not going to be as you're not going to be as precise as doing it with a tool, right? You may be off. Maybe you sacrifice an extra point. We didn't need to. You're still going to be better than a lot of the field. Then once you're good at that, then you can translate that and making it more precise. And even with the tool like lineup HQ, you're still not going to be the most precise. You're not going to be running Sims and every everything and running lineups against one another and simulating a contest. And being even more precise, but you'll be even more directionally accurate. So if you're if you're struggling with like like, well, do I use this and do I use that? You're not, you're you're thinking of the wrong things. You should be able to close your eyes, never use this tool and build lineups that are just that are nearly or identical to these. Like my cash lineup last night. I could have built by hand without ever looking, possibly without even looking at the projections. I'm, I'm good enough to know what the projections are most likely going to say, and I look at the prices. I go, I'm most likely playing Harold. I'm most likely playing some type of cheap guard, possibly Arid Holiday in the starting lineup. Melton and Bain are still too cheap. Who am I playing in the front court for the Mavericks with Porzingis out? I need to fill a power forward spot. Of course, Keldon Johnson gets into foul trouble. Maybe I'm playing Kuzma there. Maybe I'm not. I'll see. I'll see. all. I'll, I'll see. all. Do I play Curry? Do I play Embiid? Well, if I want to play a, a front court a Powell, then I can't play Embiid, so I'm going to pay up for Curry. Like, I don't have to press the button, the optimize button. I could probably figure it out. I could probably run the top five lineups and whatever I came up with in my head without looking is probably one of those top five anyway. Well, how do I do that? Well, it's called six, having six years of experience. So that's why I could transition into a, into using tools like this because I've already visualized it. I could look at a slate and go, what a lot, what are most likely gonna look like? Nothing that comes up is gonna surprise me that much because I'm looking, I'm looking. I just look at the I look at the projections and I see and I see what they are. I go, I'm probably gonna get a lot of this guy, I'm probably gonna get a lot of that guy, I'm probably gonna get none of this guy. This guy looks too low-owned but he doesn't really fit because of positional requirements. So can I play a different type of lineup? But all of that you're doing by, by head, by in your head. And you're doing it over and over and over again, every slate for every sport. Very similar to poker. It's very hard to just say, okay, here's a, here's a solver or here's, a, here's a, a, a heads up display. The first hand you've ever played poker with or you barely have used, like, do you understand why you fold in certain situations? Do you understand why you raise here? Do you understand the dynamics of stack sizes? Do you do you understand positions? I mean, just basic stuff. Probably should do that first before trying to, well, how do I rig this, this tool to tell me the optimal moves or whatever? You don't even know the basis of anything that you're doing. So like you're gonna be stuck playing lineups and like playing hands in completely odd directions because you don't even you don't even know enough to input things correctly. So you know what would be the better way to do? Just get experience doing it by hand over and over and over again. I was telling my my, my nephew, he came over. I was showing him he's into the statistics and stuff. I was showing a bunch of stuff and he and he said he's good at poker against his friends, but he doesn't he, but he doesn't even know the basics of poker. Like he knows the basic, basic stuff, like what beats what. But when I asked him, it's like, well, what are the odds of uh, you know what what are the odds of uh uh you know, hitting a set on the flop. He goes, I have no idea. So what are the odds of a flush coming out with one card? left?" I have no idea. You know, and I had to teach him just that. It's like, well, he, and it's first thing is like, and I was teaching him about how many unseen cards are there? How many seen cards, you know, like the bare basic stuff. And he's decent at math. And he's like, well, I, that's, it seems kind of difficult. you have to do that calculation in your head? Like every single hand, I go no. This, these situations come up so often that you just memorize, right? That you don't have to do the calculation. There are charts. Just memorize a chart, right? What are the odds of this happening? Four to one. What are the odds of that happening? Two and a half to one. And you don't even have to be perfect, right? It's seven point two seven to one. No, who cares? Seven to one. Close enough, right? So when you're at the table, you don't have to do you don't have to do these types of calculations. But the only reason that you get used to it is because you've done it you've done it over and over and over and over again. So that's what I would suggest first before like, oh, I'm getting into DFS. How do I use line of HQ? It's like, oh, hold on. Learn the concepts first, right? Don't use this advanced tool before you understand what the hell it's doing because then you're going to be stuck. Then you're going to be stuck with the same, so many people, the optimizer gave me, right? That term. The optimizer gave me this. No, you you told it. It's just so doing whatever you tell it to do. Didn't give you anything. Okay, go through YouTube chat. Let me let me run some uh, NFL lineups on the way. So still the NFL. The NFL is going on. So I'm using the Blitz projections. I'm just going to run lineups with the 10% uh, quarterback exposure. Just to, just to see what stacks come up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, running stacks, naked stacks, right? I'm just going to put two, two teammates. It doesn't matter what it is. 100% of lineups. But no run back. And then I'm going to run one with a one, run back and say, just see the differences. So 10 per, cap it at 10% per quarterback, which means we'll get, we'll get 10 quarterbacks out of 100 and see what their projections do for one another based on the blitz. So I'm gonna run that and then let's go through the YouTube chat. Uh do, 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 do. Bob Base, Maxi Kleber was over 15% owned, yet RG ownership was like three percent. How did they miss it? I just disregarded him because of the ownership. The ownership changed after uh after the starting lineup came. Maxie Kleber, it depended on what you thought. The starting lineup was going to be RG roto grinders. Our projections before 650, right? 10 minutes before lock had bullock starting. Okay. You have to understand what the dynamics of what this is, this is all, this is all of what, what I'm good at. Maxi Kleber yesterday, I would have put in at, at, at 15% personal. I wouldn't. Why was the Roto-Grinders ownership 3%? Because our projections had Bullock in. You know what the starting lineup was? Bullock was in. RG projected that starting lineup perfectly, right? Some people, if they played big, Kleber would start. So it would be uh, Luca and, and it would be small. It, Finney Smith would play as a, as a small forward. And Kleber would play as a power forward. Both ways were, you know, you're, you're just speculating at that point, right? Our team, our projections team, went with, went with Bullock's going to start, not Kleber. And in that case, Kleber's minutes go down, right? Kleber is coming off the bench and he's not that high FPPM type of guy. So we project Bullock higher and we project Kleber low. Hence, the 3% ownership. Because why would you play Kleber off the bench in that spot? You would. You'd more likely play Bullock. You go, well, then why was it, What? then why did he come in at 15%? Because Roto-Grinders ain't the only site that's out, that's out there. And had, plenty of people thought Kleber was going to start. Most, actually, most people did. Most people thought Kleber was going to start. And until 6.50, 10 minutes before lock, they built their lineups as if Kleber was starting. And if you thought Kleber was starting, you have to bump his minutes up by four. You bump Bullock's minutes down by four. And now Kleber becomes a reasonable enough punt play. And his ownership would be around 10 to 15%. But that's, that's outside of, it's outside. You have, you have to look outside and see what people would do. I knew people would expect Kleber to start. I knew that. I thought it was a horrible play for him off the bench. Now, of course, he gets there running hot with seven, seven blocks or something. But that's the reason why. Why is the ownership off? Well, it's ownership because it's based on an irrationality. Our ownership is based upon math. If you want to change it based on what you believe other people will do, that's your responsibility to do We don't know. We, we, our team doesn't know what irrational behavior is going to be out there. If the starting lineup for the Mavericks was announced an hour and a half before, instead of 10 minutes before luck, Cleaver would have been probably about six, maybe 6%. Up. Right. Still, some people would have still played, you know, more so than 3%. But that but I'm telling you, that's the reason it's 10 minutes before lock and people have already put in their lineups as if as if cleaver starting and not changing it within the last you know seven i think i think the lineup came out at like 653 or something like seven minutes before lock lock and then a lot of people don't late swap anyway right because this game this game wasn't uh it wasn't until later or the 830 game or something that's the reason uh, let's see Trey Blender, do you use this process for all sports, finding the projected optimal percentage and then make lineups that project similarly with lower ownership? Yeah, why wouldn't you? That's the core basis of DFS. You can't, you can't, you're not going to be able to make lineups that project similarly, because if you could make lineups that project similarly, then they wouldn't be as lower owned. You're not going to find, oh, here, the optimal is, is this, and the optimal minus 0.1 is, is half the ownership. So that the field isn't that dumb. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sacrifice projection in order to get lower ownership, and depending on the contest that you're playing, will determine the ownership because the ownerships will be different in different contests. The larger the field, the more projection you're willing to sacrifice because you want to increase the variance of your lineup as much as you can. Smaller field stuff, you don't have to sacrifice that much projection. Where is that line? That's, that's a, a slate-to-slate thing that's you to judge. There's no, there's no way, there's no correct answer to, to, to that. There's no number that you could apply to every slate. It's always going to be different and it's always going to be judgment. Now, on the extreme ends, you'd be like, should you ever, uh, I'm going to give up 70 points in projection in NBA. No, you're probably wrong. You're, at that point, you're, you're, you're probably wrong. I'm going to find the lineup that, that only projects one point lower and has, uh, uh, has a 10th of the ownership. You're ne- that's never going to happen. The field isn't that dumb. You're never going to find. So it's going to be somewhere in between there, depending on, on what uh, contest you play. That's the goal. So yes, the process is the same regardless. So I'm taking a look now at uh, line for NFL using the blitz projections. I'm just looking at stacks now. What do they project for together? Because a stack contains 2 a quarterback and two of their teammates. And I'm, I'm not ruling out the running backs either. So I'm just looking at like just teams in general, using the blitz projection. So like we have Matthew Stafford, 151. So it's Stafford, Henderson, Cup. Like that, that's what I expected. Stafford's at 151. Wentz, 152. Herbert, 152. Ryan, 154. Hertz. Well, oh, I just clicked on Hertz. Uh, Hertz, one fifty four. Goff, one fifty five. To use the, the Lions side of that, and Witswift and Hawkinson, Mac Jones, one fifty five. Sam Darnold, one fifty five. Tom Brady, one fifty one. Right, you would have thought. I said, oh, Brady stats. That looks pretty good. Actually, projects lower. Lawrence, 152. Josh Allen, 150. This is with Cole Beasley and Tommy Sweeney. Is, is, is Dawson Knox out or something? I don't know. But the Allen stacks don't, don't project that well. Based on what I, I mean, I'm just going by the numbers here. And these are, these are this is naked. So like no run back. So let's go through in the stacks and let's add that run back. Right? you so just one. I don't care if it's a running back. You could do, you could. Separate it out even further. So now I'm gonna run this with using you know a three plus one type of stack. Now, like I said before about experience and using tools, traditionally, I do not have to do this. Like this process that I'm showing right here, I don't have to do I could just look at the projections and visualize, well, What games have projected players that are all projected well together? That's all I have to look at. Like, I'll know that the combination of them is most likely to project one. The second part is ownership. We're not caring about that. But I could look through and I could go, let me take a look team by team and what, what their salary adjusted values. So I could go team by team, go RGV, right? And go and look, Cincinnati, New York. You got like three guys there, right? You go to uh, San Francisco, Chicago, like you know, three guys, but it's low, low guys, right? They're low. Right. What's this, list. I could go to uh, Carolina, Atlanta. I go, look, oh, I got more guys and they're higher. Two, 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 four, four. Oh, Hmm, Carolina, Carolina, Atlanta looks pretty good, right? I didn't have to run these. I know what's going to come up because it's gonna, I'm playing guys from the same game and they all project well in comparison to their salary. I right, take a look at Philadelphia, Detroit. I go, hmm, they should project decently well, right? I mean, if you, I don't even have to run the lineups to know what games are like that. I, I'll look at the Buffalo. Where's the Buffalo Miami game? And go, oh, that's that actually doesn't project well as a stack. Like I don't, I don't, I didn't have to run to see that. The Tampa Bay one. I got some guys, but maybe this comes in a little bit lower than people think. Is. Like I could just visualize that, just looking. Like all you're doing, all the tool is doing is jamming in the most amount of median fantasy points. So games that have more players that have higher median fantasy points comparable to their salary. Are going to show up more when you do that. I mean, that's that's just logic. But you know that because you ha- if you ha- if you looked at the projections you hand built, you get used to that. You get used to visualizing what these lineups look like. You wouldn't have to run lineups like this. You could run lineups like this to second check. You know, double check yourself. I'm showing you a way that if you're not if you're not going to do that, here's the. But you should understand why. Sam Darnold lineups are coming up high. Oh, I well, I didn't. Well, based on the current projection. Now, if you change your projections, maybe there's another projection set that's much lower on the Panthers. Well, then they're going to come up as high. <laughs> I mean, that's just simple as simple as it gets. So, this is with the runbacks. So, Stafford, runbacks with Brandon Cooks, 151. Davis Mills gets in only because of Henderson. So essentially, the the Davis-Mills-Houston stacks are only valuable because you could use Henderson as a runback for them. Herbert, 152. And you're using using Jacoby Myers, who seems to never catch a touchdown. Mac Jones, using Keenan Allen at 153. Jalen Hurts, using DeAndre Swift. Yeah, that makes sense. Goff, using Kenny Gainwell, 154. Sam Darnold, 155. And using Calvin Ridley with an Anderson Moore stack. Geno Smith, Alex Collins, DK Metcalf, 149. So it doesn't project all that. Like these guys are going to project even less. Lawrence, Robinson, Arnold, and uh, Alex Collins, Carson Wentz, and they get one Brady line. So based on, on running these lineups, you would think, oh, why a uh, Brady double stack? Why don't I run those? Allen, double stacks. Why don't I run those? Well, according to these median projections, uh, they may be overowned. Take a look at quarterback ownership. That's usually, you know, gives us some type of semblance of what the stacks are going to be owned. Hurts, Brady, Allen, Stafford should be the chalk based on our current ownership. We saw Hurts and Stafford, they show up. Brady and Allen, not so much. So maybe, maybe based on just this information. I'm like, hmm, because if I play a Brady stack, so for instance, we go, we use the runbacks. And you go, it's going to be hard. You're going to be giving up projection. If I use a Brady double stack with a runback, Brady, Fournette, Godwin, with Adam Troutman at the tight end position. Like you have to jam in as much projection as possible in order to get, you need to play J- Daryl Henderson. You need to play Calvin Ridley. You need to play the bills defense. You need to, you need to do this. So how do you get different elsewhere? So you have to support this stack people. This stack is going to be overowned, but it still has a high ceiling. But you're going to have to make up that projection somewhere. Yet, if you play something like, uh, sam darnold i have a lot more options now this sam darnold double with the bring back so a three plus one projects at 155.79 the brady one projects at 148.84 so we're talking about almost a seven point difference and because of that seven points you, you almost need henderson in this lineup. you need you, you have to get that projection up as far as possible but in the sam darnold lineup I could I could not play Henderson. I play James Robinson instead. Let's go. Now you drop you drop projection, sure, but I still I still beat out the Brady lineup. Look, instead of playing Henderson in this lineup, I played Robinson at fifty thousand. The Browns defense down here, and it still beats out that Brady lineup with Henderson in it. Let's say I take Swift out and put in Henderson there. 153. So I don't need Swift in this line. Maybe instead of Calvin Ridley, I play a lower, I play, who's going to be kind of chalky? I'll just put in Jacoby Myers there. Can I get up to Kyle Pitts here? No. Let's find a way to get up to Pitts. Go all the way down and play the Washington defense. And Let's see, can I get, now? I still can't get up to Pitts. So let's uh let's where are going we save Robinson? Can we go Robinson down to to Fournette, maybe something like that? Take Janu up to. I still can't get up there. A little bit cheaper. Sixty one. Damien Harris, Cordell, Cordell Patterson, Chuba Hubbard, Antonio Gibson, or Eli. Let's let's try Eli Mitchell. Move this up to Pitts as the run back, forty nine three. Don't want to play. Let me play the Seahawks defense, maybe something like that. So here one fifty two. So I move stuff around. Still got the run back, but used Pitts instead of Ridley. Use Eli Mitchell instead of you know. I went down here one fifty two, and it still beats out this. It still beats out this Brady stack. This top Brady stack and. 148 with Henderson. I have a lot more leeway in these Darnold lineups, a lot more leeway in the Hertz lineups, in the Ryan lineups, and even in the Stafford lineups, I guess. Brady lineups as a double stack, probably as a single stack, Brady Godwin, that may be fine. You could run them and see. So when people ask, like, when do you run it back, when you don't run it back? Like, I'm, I'm looking at these dynamics. Just like, like we looked at before in NBA with Harold. It's not about, do you fade? Do you play? Do you like, look, how many points are you sacrificing by doing X, by making X decision, whatever decision that is? Well, I'm not going to play this guy. I'm going to play that guy. Okay. So how many points are you, are you sacrificing? Are you gaining any? And, and if you are sacrificing points, are you gaining something? What are you gaining by sacrificing projected points? Are you getting ownership? Are you getting, you know, lower ownership? The answer is no, then why, why are you sacrificing points? Don't sacrifice them. I mean, these are very simple concepts. This is the, the, the base of what, what DFS is. Any decision that you make, what, what are you sacrificing and what are you gaining? And is, is that trade off worth it? What's the correct answer to that? I don't know. You have to judge that. That's the, that's the skill of DFS. You, you have to judge on a slate to slate basis. Is it worth to do this for that? I know it's worth it in concept, but how much for each? I don't know. <sighs> Let's see. I got to get out of here soon. Let's see. Da-da-da-da, through the YouTube chat. Uh, people, I know, I know there's always one or two people that want the MMA stuff. I The MMA stuff is is hard to judge because now with the fight gone... And then some, the, the, I, we don't have the ownership for the Dos Santos Saint Denis fight, but from the looks of it, uh, I mean, obviously Chemayev is is going to be chalk. The the heavyweight, the, the the main event favorites will be chalk. But Petrov- I think I think uh, in the low end, I think Petrovsky is going to be overowned. Petrovsky is going to be over. I think Volkov may be slightly overowned. Like I have no problem. Like I, I, I think I'm going to have uh, more Tybura. It's a heavyweight fight. Anything could happen. I think I'm more likely to have more uh, Ozdemir. Maybe based on based on these numbers. If they're going to be single digit owned, if tybora is going to be eight percent, if Ozdemir is going to be ten percent, I also Hugh Zant against Petrosky is great leverage. I don't know. I don't know how, how much he scores. I don't know how high scoring he goes. This may be the, this may be the type of slate that that as long as you get one underdog that wins, you may win. I mean, we have got some. I mean, some of these massive favorites here. It may just be. Uh, could you fit in three nine k fighters that score one hundred and twenty plus, and then get get three winners in the rest of your lineup, including one underdog winner. It could be one of those slates. But I think Hu, Hu Yang Yao has leverage off of the, the 8600 Petrovsky chalk. because Petrovsky could gas. He has minus 105 inside the distance. Yeah, he's going to be popular in that mid range. But that's why I'd like to play someone you know leveraged against him. And I like and I like uh, uh, like Ozdemir against Ankoleev, but I like Ankoleev also, like Duryev. Maybe popular. So playing Kopolov, oh, these guys' names. Because you're probably going to have to play someone down here. And a lot of people just go for Glover to Cheren to beat, uh, to beat Blah- 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 Blahovich on oh, these names. But I don't got any, everything done. Right? Because the ownership is going to change now with that fight going. But yes, but I think Yao Zong leverage against Petrovsky. I think Tybora uh, against Volkov. I don't think Volkov should be twenty seven percent though. He's not a he's not, a volley. He's, not he's not much. He's, I just don't at eighty nine hundred. I just don't think he puts up enough points, even if he wins. But Tybura, If Tybura wins. He's seventy three hundred. So give me give me ninety. If he gives me eighty five to ninety points, that's fine. So yeah. So that there's there's my MMA stuff for those that that, that want to know. Ah. <sighs> So uh, give me those thumbs ups on your way out the door. I'm going to be heading over. I'm going to be heading over to Pete Overzet's channel. So I'll be I'll be over there in like eight minutes. And to talk more NFL GPP stuff, uh, hit the subscribe button if you're new. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Uh, the Advanced Sports Analytics Show will be coming out later today at about four o'clock, five o'clock on this channel. Uh, NBA Grinders Live coming up also, 5.20, uh, 6.20, crunch time. Those are all Eastern time. And that's for premium members. So uh, click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month at Roto Grinders. And uh, I'll see you in the Discord. I'll see you I'll see you. In, I'll see you on Monday. Uh, good luck. Uh, if you're not in my contest, good luck. Uh, if you're in my contest, I want the worst of luck to you. But uh, I, I will see you then for another edition of the DFS Free Game Show on rotogrinders.com.